Welcome to In the Deep. I'm your host, Katherine Ingram. The following is excerpted from Dharma Dialogues held in June 2017 in Lenox Head, Australia. It's called Letting Go. I want to also let you know that we'll be launching live online sessions of Dharma Dialogues beginning in January, and we'll be scheduling those at various time zones to accommodate you anywhere you are in the world. Security. We think a lot about it, don't we? We're very programmed to want it. You hear a lot about it. You hear a lot about it in terms of financial security, home security, retirement security, political security, right? It's a, it's a big theme that goes around. And relatively new in history, actually, in terms of expectation through most of human history. People really didn't store food as such. There wasn't enough to be storing it ahead of time until there was agriculture. When we were nomadic, <clears throat> you kind of ate on the run. <laughs> Or there would be an animal that lasted for a week for the group. But there wasn't much long-term security, was there? And yet we're very programmed to want that, expect it, get anxious if we don't have that. I was listening to an interview with a <clears throat> world-famous comedian um, who is very, very wealthy. And he was talking about how, he, you know, he keeps working. He, he has to keep working because he, he never feels a true sense of security and that he hadn't felt that since he was a child. He used to feel it when he was a child and in the home of his, of his family, but that he really hadn't known it since, which I found quite surprising given his um, stature in terms of his fame and wealth. But, um, you know, it's really an inside job how you're feeling about security, isn't it? So it begs the question, where is this sense of, let's call it even just a feeling of safety or of well-being? Where, where it, how does one have that? truthfully. Can you have it without any guarantees of anything? Can you have that without being guaranteed that you have food for sure coming that all your your collection of stuff is somehow protected. So from my point of view, I notice what I rely on in this regard because like everyone else, I'm afflicted with uh, those kinds of conditionings. <clears throat> and when they arise and whenever I notice I feel afraid in the face of it, my attention moves into 
not just the here and now, which is always good, but also a reliance on my capacity to let go as needed. I'm getting pretty good at that. If something goes, if something's taken, right, there's a loss of some sort. Even though there may be some grief with it, there's a letting go, not fighting the fact of the loss. And I notice that I'm relying on that capacity to give a sense of well-being, to kind of give a sense of calm in the face of whatever is to come. The reliance on your capacity to let go. Now there's a time for holding on. There's a time for holding on to certain things in that we're enjoying them, we're connected, there's a relationship or there's children you're taking care of or any number of things, caretaking a house. There's a time for the the engagement, the full and beautiful engagement. As long as that's happening, as long as that's around, we engage and show up and do it well. But then, as things flow out of our hands, which they inevitably do, then what? Then it's the time for letting go. And one can become quite facile in letting go. I've had the great good fortune of knowing a lot of people who were very good at that. And, and uh, seeing how kind of lightly and gracefully they've just let go of amazing things, you know. One of my close friends, she's in her 80s now, her house burned down in one of the Malibu fires. She barely got out with her life. Um, it happened so fast uh, the fire was on one side of the hillside, but it it suddenly jumped the highway, and it was just it was just the whole Pacific Coast Highway on the Ocean side started to be ablaze, and then <clears throat> people just barely made it out. And she was one of those. And as she's driving down Pacific Highway, it's being covered by helicopters are filming it, um, and her daughter is watching in San Francisco. She's watching their family home on television being burned and she's saying to her mother on the phone there it goes mom it's going it's gone it's 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 fully aflame and her mother is driving in her car listening to this information and she felt this massive collapse inside as we can imagine you know she had recently lost her husband he had died of cancer all of his paintings, all of their memorabilia, all of the photographs, gone. Anyway, there was one that she had put out actually by the ocean. There was one big portrait of the two of them, a fantastic picture of the two of them actually. 
And she'd put it out by the water's edge, and one of her neighbors had taken it into his house, which wasn't burned. But anyway, so there was one left. But anyway, my girlfriend said she felt this internal collapse, just everything, just, you know. And then she felt this incredible expansion, like all within about five minutes. And she just felt this gigantic wow. And basically she had this like major, major uh, satori of herself being her home base, right? That actually her home base of herself was still there. (laughs) I've had many, many friends go through just incredible things, you know, just... I've spoken a few times in the last few months about a dear friend of mine who uh, got diagnosed with a brain tumor and was dead in a few within a few months. And she literally went from just full gallop in her life to this weird diagnosis and out. But I talked to her through that period, of, even though I was here, um... And she was, again, she was very light through it. Very, and not in any, because of any brain damage. She was light because of her capacity to let go. This is the security you could find. Alan Watts has a book called The Wisdom of Insecurity, right? It's the, it's the recognition of the impermanence. It's the, rec- the deep recognition that you can't hold on to anything. Your willingness to say, okay, if, that is, if it's time, then so be it. And that willingness, that ability then allows you to play with all the beautiful things in your life that you are engaged with still and really enjoy them. Really, really enjoy them. In a full-hearted way, because if you're you're someone who doesn't let go easily, then even... Engaging with things you love and feeling the great love of that can be a little scary because you're you're panicked about the loss. There's an anxiety. Whereas if you feel fairly free-flowing in relationship to your stuff, your loved ones, not that you're detached from them, but that there's a certain recognition that you're just, you know, you're just playing together for this, you're dancing for a little while. Yeah, so many of my friends I've been through 
just amazing things and and it's been really inspiring to watch how when something goes there's this this open-handedness with it that's the security It's basically the security of being ready to die, right? To, to die to whatever certain circumstance, to die to whatever assumption, and to die to this world. It's a really powerful kind of security. Thank you for that. That was, um, that was quite revealing as you were... Um, sharing that and uh, the the sense of letting go and I kind of in my mind I was thinking well yeah I can let that go that go that go no I can't let that go yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and a sense of, of of how that would feel if it if it was gone yeah. um, but as as you were finishing there was this um, I don't know it's it's kind of like a realization that um you become more genuine i guess when you when you're free of all that clutter and um beliefs and uh things that you thought that you wanted to stay attached to and yeah. so so i kind of felt that letting go and 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 yeah this word genuineness came up and 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 i'm a fan for authenticity and yeah. um and People being true to themselves, and um, and and you see people like that, you know instantly that you can trust them, yeah. that you can um, you know tell them your wildest dreams or your biggest, deepest, darkest secrets, and um, yeah, just that, and and the the less that you have on your mind, and and I. It's more the stuff that I keep in my mind than any material stuff. So, yeah. but if that's all gone, yeah. um, or or the willingness to let it go, um, then there's an even more sense of being true to me. Yes. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So thank you. And for much that. more sense of internal space. Like you said, you use the word clutter. You know, it's like the the, the clutter of beliefs, the clutter of having to maintain some presentation in the world, the clutter of our prejudices and all of it, you know, it's like as they, as you're willing to free them, um, what's left is this kind of sparkle of just kind of luminous awareness, right? That's just going to take in information as it comes and then process it through that kind of clarity, um, right. But really this point of, yes, I hear you. There are certain things that you say, no, no, I'm not ready to let go of that. And, and of course we all have that. We all have those feelings, uh, of course. It's just that when one is confronted with it being gone or about to go, then this capacity that I'm speaking about that can be, deepened with with clarity with wisdom 
kicks in, like with my friend, who was suddenly, she was having a grand time in her life. She just bought a houseboat and remodeled it, and it was her dream for many years, and she just had moved on to it with her dog. <laughs> and she was kind of at a phase where she was going to be retiring and had her money, because she sold a house, so she had all this money that the boat didn't cost very much, and she was going to be traveling. She had, you know, she had plenty of life, right? And then suddenly, she didn't. Suddenly she was faced with, this all's going to end very quickly. And yet she was so graceful through it, right? So my point is this, that yes, I'm all for passionate engagement, right? I love that and I encourage it. Um, I find uh, the kind of tepid detachment that a lot of spiritual circles promote contra-indicated for wisdom or for love or for any number of good things. I, I see it as a kind of scaredy cat position. Um, so I'm not at all suggesting this sort of detached from life or detached from the things you love, but rather a full engagement, maybe even more intensified by your clear knowing that this is a time-limited run, you know? It's like, like going to say, going to, if you happen to be a music lover, you know, you're, you're going to the, like the last concert of your favorite musician, right? You're going to really hear every note. You know, it's going to be, there will be a poignancy, perhaps, but you're going to, Hopefully, anyway, you're going to be there for every single note and know that you're experiencing something really special. And that's really the point, is that, that we get to be here and experience this. It's really special. Precious, yes, yes. I remember when um, our previous dog was nine years old, he had a brush with death. Um, he killed a cane toad. I remember that. And yes. that nearly killed him. And uh, um, it gave me such an appreciation for him being in our life. And every morning that we woke up and he, he was still there, we, we said, it, it's a bonus. Yes. Yeah. Every day, and 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 we really so enjoyed that last year with him because of that. Because we knew that it could be gone any moment. We we just didn't take it for granted anymore. And and I actually feel that with the pets that we have now, even though the cats are only one year old, uh, Jessie is only three. Um, yeah. It's so joyful to to have them, and 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 we know that. I mean, the kids have been playing with snakes in the garden and we don't know if, how long they will be around. But that's it's, true for every single... And it's, it's all, the, for, all of us. For everyone, well. yes. Yeah, and we just forget it, you know. There's this, like, blanket of dullness that comes over. Yeah. And maybe 
for many people, that's kind of necessary in a way just to function, you know, that there's a certain ignoring of the, of the ultimate reality uh, that is the ultimate reality of life and death. Um, you know, maybe that's adaptive in some way for a lot of people. But I find, you know, especially because of living in Dharma circles, I find that people who are hyper aware of, not hyper in terms of obsessive, but just acutely aware of the impermanence, mm. they live much more in what you're describing, which is in this kind of sense of preciousness and gratitude, which actually has a lot of happiness with it, a lot of well-being, and a lot of grace as you make your exit, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Right. The other thing, what I've noticed is, um, I, I was having a conversation with a friend this week, um, and her mother's got dementia, my mother's got dementia, and she was talking about how she's trying to eat the right things and to make sure that she gets the right nutrients to prevent herself getting dementia. And and I do the same. Yeah. Not always. As you know, on holidays, <laughs> <laughs> all the rules are. <laughs> um, but uh, I also know seeing my mom with her dementia and having seen her go down that, that road over the years, um, there are no guarantees. Right. And, and, and to, there's so many people that I hear that say, oh, I, I can handle a lot of things, but I don't want to get dementia. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows whether you get that or not? And, and yeah, obviously it's not something I want to call upon myself, but it's also that we're not in control. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, and 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 to make peace with even that. Yes, very good. Yeah, that would be a hard one, but yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when I see my mom, blissfully unaware of all the fear that she had of yeah. of going then down that road. And, and just so in the moment. And there's such a teaching as well. There is, because you're, you're right. The projection about it might be far worse than the actuality of it, yes. in some cases anyway. Sometimes yes. yeah. maybe not, but mm. in some yeah. cases. And, and, and that too. Yeah. We're not in control of. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, I find it interesting to look at. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. There's a lot of um, a lot of ways that we fear things. That then, when they happen, we realize the fear was actually worse than the happening, yeah. even though it wasn't a great fun thing. But it was not as bad as all the dread beforehand. <laughs> you know? I have quite a medical background uh, for many, many years in palliative care, yeah. terminal. And so actually death is all the time. It's Around you. It's all the time here. Yeah. And, you know, I often talk about it and many people are, are completely shocked, you know, because it's so, it's so in my daily life. Yeah. 
Well, the denial of death is very popular. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a famous book called The Denial of Death by Ernst Becker. He won the um, Pulitzer Prize for it. Um, it's, I think he wrote it in the 70s. Um, and it's brilliant. It's, you know, and he talks about just per, how pervasive it is. Mm-hmm. And then based on his work, these other psychologists developed something that they called, um, they basically just, they looked at something that they call terror management strategy. The ways that we find ways to just somehow mm-hmm. ignore, push away, don't look at, deny death, you know. But when there's this recognition of it, and 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 of course, as I just said, Dharma people tend to have a much higher awareness of it, I've noticed. It also becomes your ally, right? Mm-hmm. It becomes your ally. You're living in reality, and therefore... You're not frittering away. You're not. You're not oblivious. You're not dulled by the conditioned mental thrust. You know of more, more, more. Right. I got this beautiful email this morning from one of my close friends. I'd love to read it to you. Actually, um, it's just short, but. It, it was so beautiful because she had lived a high life. Um, she was a famous singer and um, she was in a relationship with Leonard Cohen for a long time. He produced an album for her along with several other albums that she already had. Um, anyway, fast forward in time, she um, she left Los Angeles. She moved to Croatia where she had never been (laughs) she'd never been there before she moved there she knew one she had one friend um she moved to this little beach town that she picked just because she was driving around and thought it looked nice um and she set up a life there in Croatia then she eventually met this guy and married him he's half Italian half Croatian his family has sort of a farm on the Italy side um and she she wrote me this email today that was like it was like it was such pure dharma i had sent her um the bob dylan uh speech that he just recorded uh his nobel acceptance speech which just came out this week i had sent that to her um So she writes back, interesting speech. Not many of those iconic 60s voices left. Time is passing as quickly as the leaves fall in autumn. So the time we have left, it all comes down to that. I was happily reminded about Achilles wishing to be a slave for a king rather than the ruler of all nothing. My own appetite for fame died a long time ago. And now I adore the simple life, such treasures to see on my daily walks. The perfect meal, the shared laughter, my husband teasing me about how I don't do anything but pick beans and cherries or sweep the driveway or do the laundry. 
It really is odd how satisfied I am with life, no matter what it brings. I finally get the genesis of everyone's pain, their suffering and brokenness, their despair and attachment to it, which drives them deeper and deeper into the darkness. I remember my decades of dealing with those demons and can meet them all there with compassion and wisdom and then carry on with my weeding, preparing the risotto, fetching the wine, all the while processing the bits of trauma and evil still lurking in my subconscious like a hard crust in my divine core. This, imp- this perfectly imperfect world, how beautiful it is. Um, last week you were talking about um, kind of tuning into this. Yeah. So, which is lovely. Um, very quiet. I just feel like with you, you're saying like anxiety and um, fear coming up, which is coming up massively in this session. Um, the more I th- let this be tuned or whatever, it feels like it's a letting go of control. Yeah. That's what I'm speaking about today. Yeah. Yes. That's it's, like That feels like death. Right. Except that it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the trick? It's, um, it's the recognition, right, that there are only a tiny few things we're in control of. Right. There's not many. And the pressure and the urge to be in control, which, again, it's part of this illusion of security that we're indoctrinated with to try to find. Um, that in itself becomes the straining thing, but you get, you get kind of used to it and it becomes your way of operating. You wake up into it, right? But often life will let you know, in fact, you weren't in control. You, you thought you were in control, but you weren't. Isn't it true? Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever, you, you guys might not have uh, this at amusement parks. I don't even know if you have amusement parks anymore. But when I was growing up, we had bumper cars. Do you have those? So, you know, it would be, you know, you're driving on your bumper car, and you go this way and the car goes that way and you go this way, the car goes that way. But sometimes you're, you're turning the wheel and your car is going on a completely different way. And you begin to suspect it's on a track that you thought you were in control of, but you're not. Isn't it? I used to get really angry when that happened. Yeah. I don't want to go Right, right, way. right. I know, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, it's a lot like life, you know, as much as one tries one's best to direct the river, it yeah. flows on its own. And, you know, you, your little domain of control is basically where you're putting your attention. That's really it. Like, what are you doing with your attention? You have a little tiny rudder there, but that can make all the difference because... Um, what you're doing with your attention conditions how you're experiencing the very moment you're in. That's what, that's what get, gives you the taste of the moment you're in. 
So, so many times you can make this experiment. You're driving along and let's say it's raining and, and there's a lot of traffic and it's, people are being aggressive and da, da, and you can start to go into a story of the horribleness, right? And then you could watch your attention if you want. You can switch it and it can go into, well, luckily I'm in this car, I'm not out in the rain, and I can just drive very, very carefully. I have that control, this little amount of control. I can drive very, very carefully and just be chilled out and not tell any story. I one time was on my way to Dharma Dialogues in Los Angeles. And as can often happen, there was this bumper-to-bumper traffic jam. It just that looked like it was miles long and people were going ballistic. I mean, people were, people were banging on their horns and everybody was just, it felt dangerous just because of the level of tension. But I decided, because there was nothing to do but just sit there really and creep along, I decided I'm going to start smiling at people and just see what happens. <laughs> It was actually a little bit brave. (laughs) But it actually was very, there was a really good outcome of that experiment. Not everybody smiled back, but a lot did. A lot of people smiled back. And I felt like just in that little moment, that one little moment, there was a break, like, oh, like here we are in this crazy situation together, you know? And, you know, people like that, you know, like, oh God, yeah, right. You know, so, you know, you can just, Use your attention wisely in all these kinds of ways, all the while knowing that that's really your own place of security. That's your security, is how you're using your attention and your ability to let go as needed. Having to have things in control is a fool's errand, an exercise in frustration. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of happened on the way down today. That's pretty much what you're saying. I think you're on to me. <laughs> <laughs> on the way down from? Uh, from Brisbane. You came yeah. from Brisbane, right, okay. Yeah. yeah. It was cool driving in the rain, actually. Was it? Was there a lot of traffic? Um, there's a few spots that slow down. Uh-huh. So right. that's when that the control thing came up. Yeah, right, you're thinking, like, oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get there so we can be quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized, like, like I'm coming down here to be quiet, and yeah, right. it's, it's ridiculous. Right, right, yes. So yeah. you were saying, like, about control before, um, about being engaged, and in in these circles, is like a is like a disengagement. Yeah, encouraged. So I do that naturally, like. You disengage. Yeah, you're talking about people f- being afraid of losing things, like family members. Yeah. So I think. I felt like you busted something, got found out, or there's a fear came up there because I think what I do is um, I never fully engage, mm-hmm. so, so I don't pre- have to feel right. that. So you stay protected, that, from, yeah. right? So that's, it's like sleepwalking all the time. That's very common with people. So, it's a lot of what happens in this world. Yeah. Um, but if you could really let in that. You know, 
that there's a guarantee that you will be separated from all those you love. Let that in. And just like Marianne was talking about her dog who almost died and that they got to have that extra time, how precious that was, right? Mm. Um, then that becomes much more how you feel when you're with your people and with anyone or anything you love. Um, it, you, you feel this sense of gratitude and, and preciousness, right? Yeah. And, and That's you, been happening, actually. Good. It's a lot more feeling there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty full on at times. So. Yeah. No, people avoid feeling, you know, people avoid feeling. And uh, I think part of being awake is that I say it all the time, you live on a larger spectrum of consciousness such that you're feeling both ends of it very powerfully. You're feeling sorrow powerfully, you know, and you're feeling joy very powerfully and you're feeling love very powerfully, right? Yeah. There's like a huge fear coming up of this letting go or not lack, uh, letting go of control. But there's this big fear that comes up, but it's kind of coming along for the ride and it's just a big joy there as well. Yeah. So like, I'm not sure where it's going. But. Yeah. Mm. But you're on for the ride, yeah. 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 Yeah, you don't have to control where it's going. You just kind of keep awake to it and 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 uh, and use your attention wisely and gently. You know, you can always just move your attention. Just like I said, you're sitting in the traffic and you decide to, you know, there's a great uh, teaching image of a dog walks into a room full of mirrors, a hundred mirrors, 200 mirrors. So the dog walks in and looks at all these images of a dog looking back at him and he starts barking. Now all the dogs are barking at him and he's like getting more and more freaked out. But what if he gets, walks in and he wags his tail? Right? If he wags his tail, <laughs> everybody's happy. <laughs> right? And it's kind of like that. There's a way in which we, you know, we can just shift our experience of a lot of things. Not always, not always, but a lot of our circumstance can be shifted just by wagging our tail in the situation. <laughs> right? Instead of barking. This has been In the Deep. You can find the entire list of In the Deep podcasts at katherineingram.com, where you can also book a private session by phone or Skype and see my schedule of upcoming events. If you're a regular listener, please consider making either a one-time or a recurring tax-deductible donation in any amount that is comfortable for you. Till next time. <laughs>